you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody, it's time. The Connie Fox theme song, Sweepstakes, is coming to a conclusion on Friday. If you go to our Instagram handle, at the ATN Podcast, you'll see each of the five finalists and be able to listen to the songs. And then go to our bio and click the link, which takes you to the voting process. Your vote matters. Get out and vote. Rock the vote. Vote or die. The Around the NFL Podcast. I don't hate them. I just feel better when they're not around. (laughs) Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast, presented by Intuit QuickBooks, the official sponsor of the NFL. Whoa. My name is Dan Hansis, coming to you from a studio filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal, and yes, the first time ever, a live money read by Matt Money Smith. What's up, boys? Oh, thanks for having me. What a uh, what an honor to be in the same room with all these heroes. I hope you, uh, you, you gave me the challenge last night. Dan, you said, will you come up with a live... Uh, created by yourself, not the great around the NFL listeners, uh, money read or money tag. And I did that for you, as a matter of fact, you, Wes. I know you love Bukowski. It's a little Bukowski quote. So uh, so there you go. <laughs> you think thoughtful. this might actually propel you to be paid for this work at this point? Because you've probably logged two to 3,000 of these. Right. And uh, not <laughs> a cent has gone to, in your direction for well, this. Well, you know, I guess uh, just... Looking back on precedent, I'm going to guess no. And then pay for the money tags, probably won't be paid for the in-person appearance. I mean, yeah, and you're coming in on a day off. Yes, to some degree. Yeah, well, normally I would be doing uh, digital work today. Oh, okay. But... You know, so it's budgeted. It's it's budgeted. It would have been a nice little. Well, you're a big uh, deal because I, I can't contract. remember us ever actually like moving. You know, you have your big uh, afternoon radio show, right. Petrus and Money, in LA. So we actually moved our time, and we're in a totally different studio, the one we do our TV show, just for you. Just for me. I don't think that's ever happened before. Just for me, and because uh, you guys all like the music, you did it for a good cause. The the man that actually kind of got me into the business of entertainment, Kevin Weatherly, the longtime programmer of K Rock, is retiring. So I have to go to his uh, retirement lunch today. A man who uh, who mm. found the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, wow. Name was his responsibility. They just <laughs> dug it out from the Metal Blade record catalog and started playing it uh, amongst many hits. So wow. uh, that is why I'm we, here early today. We just did the Dizzy Up the Girl album on the Throwback Podcast. Wow. Congrats. You know what? Hold on. Hold on. Deep let dive. Me, let me bookmark that real quick and make sure <laughs> I get a listen. Goo Goo Dolls had a run where they were kind of the go-to, like, pregame or halftime show or like the yes. kickoff special Googles. Not and offensive, then, but rock right. enough. But then Very Train, train yeah. came for their corner and exactly it was kind right. of like, sorry. Oh, Pat and was like, I'm nasty. taking that. It got real ugly. Some of our earliest interactions with Matt Money before we really did any work together uh, was Dan and I sending out top five lists of like Counting Crows songs, <laughs> and you right away decided you hated our musical. Days. I still have it. I still have still it. Ha- Money still has on his phone I because I checked have. in a couple of months ago yeah. because Money. Uh, uh, it's, it would take me a while now that I've got 90,000. Well, I have it off the top of my head, the top five still live songs. <laughs> 
the band life. I believe that what was the the best was the intro line. It was like for those keeping track, <laughs> top five live songs Presumptive. all time. Yeah, it's like but, I don't think anybody's keeping track. But we we uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like those tweets where it's like it's like for those who have asked, right. here's my uh, top five. That's like, exactly no one, what it no was. One like, yeah, no, no one had asked. No one. No it was, I mean, it was asked. I have to say that. Just let the history state. That it got out that I was a live fan. I don't know. It leaked that I was a fan really? of live. No, there was and a rhetorical some, question. Dan, what are your favorite live songs? So you I'll should ask. Dan, you ask. And uh, the number one song, I believe, I might have had "Selling the Drama" there, which I don't know if it would hold up. You know, "Iris" is a sneaky gem. Oh, yeah. You know, now the, you're back to the Goo Goo Dolls. The I have kicked this thing off track immediately. My great apologies, everybody. Uh, I just remember the the two words. Lakini's juice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, we got to put an end it's to this. It's a banger. And and money has as the you were basically the boss who decided when on K Rock, which is the most influential FM rock radio station in the world, and you might have contributed to the end of Live's career because you had that type of sway. I uh, well, just quickly, two things. Uh, one, I the man whose lunch I am attending today was the was the key master. So I would bring him things, right. and he would either say you know thumbs up or thumbs down, and mm. that's how they would get on. But two, uh, live when we first played, I'll tell you a funny live story. We first played. <laughs> um, uh, oh gosh, help me out! Lightning crashes. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, radio is for those Dang of you it. that like the uh, the innocence of music, the uh, you know, the idea of a singer songwriter. We didn't play it in its entirety. We're like, we're not playing a freaking five and a half minute song, you know. So we cut out a portion of it, and there was like this sect of live fans that were so offended and angry. And I was like, where? Who are these people? Like, it's not like it's this masterpiece that we're playing. So we don't want a six minute song. We want a three and plus, a half minute song. Plus, like on the radio, you kind of lose like the the raw sexuality that you get from Ed Kowalczyk in a video. You know, if you yeah, see well him on MTV. Well done. As long as you didn't cut out the part where it's like the angel open. That stayed, but then there was also the moment when I turned on live officially, and I, I guess I really never turned on them, I just liked them even less, was when Ed said that his band was bigger than you two. Mm. Well, we have was, a, a room. He said that. We he did say that. A studio filled with sub, you know, 20-somethings, <laughs> and they have no idea what we've been talking okay, about. Okay, rock music was a genre. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. All right, money's here. I'm going to apologize for that last 10 minutes. No, I loved it. And Iris was, yes, the Goo Goo Dolls hit, but also was a live song off Throwing Copper. Just there so we we're all on the same page. Is this the first ever throwback podcast outside of your garage? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> going to get money in the garage eventually. Um, eventually. All right, here we go. You are a man. I am a man. That knows so much about different sports and different leagues. And we are, when it comes to this time of season, the Around the NFL podcast, we're a little vulnerable because it's a blind spot, college football. Now, you mm. cover it very closely, and you were just in Indianapolis and helped anchor the coverage there for NFL Network. Um, so we wanted to have you on the show and just kind of get combine your... Combine it up. Combine it up, get All your right. vibe. And if you, want, if you could sit in on the news with us, we'd love that too. Sure. We'd love to just have get as much money as we can. So I always, Hold on, how about this? Yeah. I always find it interesting like what people that don't watch a lot of college football take away from the combine. Because you go in, if you watch college, with these preconceived notions, and 
if, you know, and you have your recency or confirmation biases, and when your guy, you know, that you like does great at the combine, you're like, see, I told you, when they do bad, you just, it, it's like, it, it works mm. perfectly. You say, whatever, I don't care about the combine. Yeah, wait Look for at the, the pro day. day. I mean, come yeah, on, yeah, you got pro day coming. It's all good. So it's, it's always interesting for me to hear people start talking about people like Mackay Becton or, or Murray or, I mean, I, I, LaVisca Chenault, like these people that, you know, you watch all season long and you're like, oh, wow, this is, this is like now making its way because obviously it's a much bigger uh, production. It's, it's a different lens. And, um, and you kind of have already formed your opinions about a lot of these guys over watching them because remember, they got to play three years. So you see a lot, of, a lot of football from each of these prospects before they get to the combine. So what did you, like, was there did, anything did that someone, out any Did of someone change your mind that, like, you had a feeling of uh, before the combine having watched them and you were kind of surprised what happened? Yeah, so, like, the interesting thing about Oklahoma is, you know, for for those that pay attention, sorry for, for being, I don't want to, you know, kind of, whatever, uh, college football splain it to you. That's not what I'm trying to do. But the, No, you know, we need the, that. The, oh, well, the, we, uh, we skate by through the college football. <laughs> like, we don't so, pretend um, that. It's fair. All spreads aren't equal, right, in college football. They're different. Um, the Oklahoma spread and, and what Lincoln, Lincoln Riley's been able to do is figure out a way to get guys so open. You can't, like, you, it's, just, it's crazy that people haven't been able to crack the riddle. You know, Oklahoma players are so open on so many plays against Big 12. Look, Big 12 is not a place for defense, but I think they've also gotten their bad reputation because of what Oklahoma has done to the Big 12 and the points and the yards. So I kind of went in wondering, okay, what what do we make of CeeDee Lamb? Like, is he is he really that good? Are we really putting him in the same category as Jerry Judy, who you talk to people and when you watch him against SEC defenses, is this just magical route runner and this complete receiver? And then you see CeeDee Lamb out there and you're like, holy crap. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. all of his production, yes, he had Baker, Kyler, Jalen back-to-back-to-back as his quarterbacks, but he is as responsible for their success as they are for his. And Mm -hmm. he is a special player watching him out there and talking to him and hearing from people in the interview rooms. um, I think that was probably one of the bigger takeaways I had, that, that he looks to maybe be a little bit ahead of Judy and really in that category, that that rare wide receiver that you could draft in the top seven, right, and no one would blink. Because going into it, there was some talk maybe there isn't like a Calvin Johnson or Julio Jones in this class, but I feel like as the time goes on, maybe they're pushing closer to that. I think he's a, you know, I think the comparison, you know, measurable production style is, is apt, and it's DeAndre Hopkins. That's what he is. And, and I talked to someone who uh, works for a team that very well could draft him and, and are mm. inside, I'll just say, the top 15. And they said, uh, I was in the interview room when Hopkins came it's in. Chargers, by and the, the one way. That, this <laughs> is a humble brag. Right? And, uh, yeah. This is why we bring money yeah, on. The voice go. of the Chargers. He said, uh, about the Chargers. He said the thing about Hopkins, and what did Hopkins slip to? Like 20, he was late 20s, right? I think he was in the 20s. So he said, I remember walking out of that room saying, there's something about that guy. It just feels like you don't see it from wide receivers, but that he just claw your eyes out to get an extra couple yards. And he said, for that position doesn't necessarily generate that type of behavior or disposition. And they're like, CD's the first player I felt mm. that had that oh, darn. to I love him. That. Um, so you mix that with the talent. And um, yeah, that was that was definitely one of the big winners to come out of there. Hopkins went 27th overall in 2013. So everyone keeps saying this is the best wide receiver class. And sometime, I guess from a, d- a depth perspective, 
Did you see that? And have you seen that during the? I've seen it. Season? Yeah, I've yeah. seen it for for a while now. It is a really good group of wide receivers, which makes it interesting, right? If you're if you're like just look at the Raiders. So you've got twelve and nineteen, and everybody has circled that as as a Jerry Judy or a or a C D Lamb spot. But do you look, have a, look at everything else they need. Do you have a favorite guy in maybe a second or third tier mm. of the wide receivers? Um. Gosh, I love Michael Pittman um, out of USC. That's someone who's real physical, and, and you see how well, you know, you just kind of look at Juju and kind of what was said about him at the Combine, athletically, from a number standpoint, and then you see what he's able to become in the NFL. This so, is Michael Pittman's son? Yeah, this is uh, this is Michael Pittman. I don't know. Junior. Is he, is he, it yeah, is, yeah. yeah. Michael Pittman Jr. And Michael yeah. Pittman, one of the most underrated uh, fantasy football assets of the uh, early aughts. You're getting 70 catches and 900 right. rushing yards. Forget about Huge it. Huge pipes. So, like yes, a great exactly. Super Bowl? Yeah, I think probably the most swole Thomas receiver, Jones. right? Oh. The most swole receiver ever, right? No, well, David he, Boston. David probably Boston. The most well, Pittman was a running back. Pittman was a running back, back who, who caught, who caught well, Boston passes. wasn't fair because I don't think it was natural. Yeah. Boston was like Bane <laughs> yes. by the end of his career. <laughs> yes, I've scattered this all over the place. No, I feel <laughs> like, so, like there are so many teams that need receivers because it's kind of like, it's just where the league is going that you now need four or five. Right. And... So many of the good teams need receivers, too. Like, if you think the Eagles, the Patriots, sure, the Raiders, too. But, like, there aren't that many teams that you look around that feels like don't need receivers. Well, like, look at last year, right? I mean, just all, you know, your draft, all these guys, McLaurin, these guys are all second-rounders, you know, Samuel. And I think that'll be similar. A.J. Brown. Yeah, A.J. Brown. That'll be similar this year. I mean, D.K. Metcalf, where... You know, I mean, Jefferson, you know, Jefferson from LSU, uh, Higgins from Clemson. I mean, I don't want to just kind of get into the name salad thing and just start rattling off a bunch of guys. But, but yeah, I think it's it. So what I'm getting at with and the Raiders Keel is Harry like... Harry went in front of all of them. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. So, and that's that's what's tough, tough right? Is you just, we'll see. You never, you never quite know. It's not looking good. Um, how they're going to make that jump. But the thing is, you know, can you play press man? Can you, you know, and that's what you don't see a lot of in college. So um, I think that's something they got all sorted out. But, you know, going back to the Raiders real quick. So they need all this defensive help. There's like two really good corners, and then there's a huge drop. You know, there's Akuda and there's Henderson, and then after that. So it's like if you're at 12 and and you you have this sort of freak in C.D. Lamb, but you need this corner and you, you have maybe C.J. Henderson there, like what do you do? What's the right What's the right thing to do there? Um, it's, I also haven't ruled out them for like trading up for a quarterback with those picks if they don't get a veteran. I've heard uh, I've heard that uh, that that's a very real possibility that they like Jordan Love quite a bit. Um, I don't know if he'd be there. I think he might be there. At 12. I, I feel like every quarterback at this point, and I, it's 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 a bit of a trope, but they're just going to flush up the board and be gone much higher. I mean, looking at the quarterbacks. Is there one out there that's starting to get a lot of buzz? But in your mind, which mm. one could use a like a, a red shirt year in the NFL and not be thrown into the fire? Oof. You know, come September. Um, I mean, I, I think Burrow would be fine. You know, just it, it, that's that's the guy that I'd be the least worried about. Two, I think it'd be fine if he was healthy. But I'm guessing he's probably going to get a red shirt. Um, you know, with that hip and and. Um, you know, like it's interesting, right? So the the whole Jordan Love thing is is kind of it's kind of weird to me because we saw that Josh Allen was pretty darn successful right away, and it, and it feels like Jordan Love's way ahead of that. Um, and when you kind of start going through, look at Carson Wentz, and oh well, you know Jordan Love plays for Utah State. You know, what, what, who cares? It's like, well, 
Carson Wentz played for North Dakota State, you know? And, right. and like, it's not like the Pac-12 is throwing out these super monstrous defenses, nor are the Big 12 that Jared Goff and Kyler Murray are having to deal with when you talk about taking a step to the NFL. So that's something I've never really understood, is taking a shot at a guy for the level of competition in college. Um, I know you want to see them put up just boffo numbers uh, year after year to feel better, but I, I do think there is something to be said about just being comfortable with the way someone plays the position. Um, and so I think that's where... You know, maybe the numbers of, of Justin Herbert versus the eye test of Jordan Love is really going to come into play. And mm. I think that's like to me, Herbert's a weird one. Um, and, and I watched a lot of I watch a lot of Pac-12 football. Um, and I just I don't know. I guess at the, like you just ever feel a spark about something like that's kind of what you want, I think, from a quarterback. And, right. and even in his best games. You just don't feel it. Mm. That's just... part of the package, isn't it? Yeah, that's the first time he heard live. It just was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's by be... the riverside. That's good. Great Boy. single. That's going to be the interesting one is is if, you know, where Herbert goes. Because I've heard that teams like him more than than Tua, like that, you know, which is crazy to me. Like that mm. I can't understand, you know. And, and the thing about Tua, I think, is... I feel like I'm talking way too much on this pod. No, just to jump in. I feel like if Tua checks out medically, right in the second in the recheck, then he's going. He's going at two or three. Like right. someone, you know, if he doesn't, then See okay, it every exactly. Year. So like, then what happens? Then I don't know what the landing spot is for him. So it just feels like two. I, I think he's going to get you know good marks on the recheck from what it sounded like coming out of Indy from the trauma doctors. It's crazy that you have to say that, right? You know, it's not a. Not a medical physician. It's a trauma doctor that has to give you the diagnosis, mm. and they gave you the thumbs up. <laughs> trauma, um, right? Like that's that's. It was a trauma injury. So it wasn't a football, ball? right? <laughs> so that's the weird thing about Tua. Um, is, I mean, football is trauma. Turns out. I mean, turns out. I don't know. Like, throw us out there. Out. It would be tra- it would be traumatic. <laughs> like, fine. if you were if you were the Bengals, who would you want to be your quarterback moving forward? Well, I, that leads Burrow is the guy everybody's connecting to Cincinnati, and Joe Burrow. Chase Young, who a lot of people think goes number two potentially to the Redskins, but we'll see when we talk about these quarterbacks. But Burrow and Young are both, they're getting some hype as generational type talents. Do you see that for both of those guys? I mean, for Burrow, I thought our colleague, and I know you don't like to hear his name, but Daniel Jeremiah put it mm. best. This time um, of year, it's okay. And that is, you know, that, that sometimes it He's takes like a, a February to May kind of uh, is that Is that right? Prospect. He's seasonal? Yeah. He's yeah. seasonal for you? all the DJ is faking it on any level. <laughs> Have you, any, like, what any, does he you know, do the rest of the year? Are you aware here? of, like, during Well, that's one of the reasons why <laughs> I am so well-versed in all of this, because I get to cheat off his task. Is he and I sit next to each other on the charters, and he just watches films. So and he just talks and talks I watch and talks. One of, one of my you great... do the Chargers broadcast with him, to yes, be clear. Yes, yes. Yeah, DJ is the color analyst. I am the play-by-play man for the Chargers, so we're on these charters and sometimes you know for because you're a west coast team you're on the plane a lot you know our flights are long so we're watching six hours of alabama film or mm. just offensive linemen it's uh it's fun like you want to party with you exactly right that's <laughs> now i will say but dj there- dj's drinking mm. ginger ale <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I'll just leave it as that. At that. So, and sometimes I have been tempted to switch the glasses just to see what would happen if just a drip would hit his. Gee Willikers! But if you like, if you like, pull back like that football, and that, that's all great. It's interesting. Like, is there anything else there to DJ? You know, you're just gonna pull it back, and it's just like. It's a question that had to be asked. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, just, you know, a, a, good, more, a good, honest, uh, God-fearing also, man that loves his family. Uh, and right. uh, Overrated. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> DJ. That's DJ. You know, we invite him out a lot. 
And um, and and because the football season, he's still. I mean, that's what's crazy. About His it. oldest kid is older than Wes. <laughs> that's what's uh, that's what's weird about that's what's tough about the job. Like if you do it right, and and I think you know all not that, God, I didn't I almost did it. I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to say all kidding aside. It's so stupid. But <laughs> if you do it right, because I do believe there are people in high profile positions that don't do it right, and they just start spouting off, and you'll catch them and realize they never watched that guy. Yeah. Um, DJ does it right, and he commits ridiculous hours to it. Like, look, I'll watch. I'll watch two games of Jedrick Wills, mm. but then I'm up. I'm up and I'm walking around and I'm seeing if there's a card game because I'm out of booze <laughs> and I might need to get a beer from Whoa. someone. It's like, hey man, I can't, I, I'm not doing this anymore. But he's dedicated. Okay, you know how to get this down to the three and a half minute version of the single for this show, right? <laughs> I, you know I like that Money just yeah. told us he's a much more well-rounded person than DJ. Ooh, I like wow, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, I want to hear like more to stories of what goes on in the charter. Like, I like to live. I like to experience. Philip Rivers taking people's money in card games? No. Yeah. Uh, and we are, we are separated. So okay. the charter is, oh, okay. is coaches. Uh, coaches and staff, medical is upstairs. We fly Trauma 747. Um, <laughs> players are in the middle, and then media and just kind of slappies were in the back. Okay. So, huh. yeah. I'm you not, refer to yourself as a slappy. I think you know that you're not a slappy. You have like 12 jobs, you have multiple streams of income <laughs> I'm just, I guess heading in, towards the bank account. You're not a slappy. In the, uh, the frame of reference that is Charger ranks, you know, I'm, I, I probably fit into back the slappy to, ranks. Back to the generational thing. Though. Yes. Do you see either of those guys, Joe Burrow or Chase Young, as. Next level, all pros, that type of vibe. So, like, this is what's funny coming out, right? Is is most combines when you leave, if if you have you know conversations with scouts, they'll usually give you a name or two. Like last year, I remember coming out there, like I don't know, man. Nick, there's Nick Bosa, and, and I really don't know anything else. Like I know Nick Bosa is going to be good, is what we heard from almost all of them. And you don't get another name, and like that's pretty par for the course. They might give you one or two names. They might say, I really like. The, I think this is the quarterback that has. The, out of this combine, I've never seen scouts with with permagrin like they have. They're like, you got three tackles that I feel really good about in Becton, Wills, and Wirfs. You got two receivers in Judy and Lamb that I think are going to be mm. franchise-level wide receivers. You've got mm. Joe Burrow, Tua. Everybody seems to agree that those two are special, special quarterbacks. And then you've got a corner in a Cuda. Like, I've never heard guys talk about... You know, I didn't even say Chase Young or Brown. Like, I've never heard so many names of, like, they never say sure thing, but that you feel like I'm getting a really, really good player. If I'm picking in the top 12 or 13, Like, if Akuda was in the, in the Eric Fisher draft, he might be going one. Right. But this is more like that, uh, what, tw- 2011 draft, maybe 2014, you know, where it's pretty good one to This one is a great offseason, by the way. The Fisher draft is the worst draft ever. Like, that's yes. what's yeah. crazy oh. about that draft. Oh, when you go through it, it's like, it's like they didn't like, miss. Okay, Actually, oh. Eric Fisher wasn't the worst pick like there. He really one. wasn't. He was like an okay starting tackle. And if you, they, there was a lot of other ways to miss a lot bigger there. Was the Eric, that was when it was like, Luke, that was the Luke draft, Jokel right? was going to be that the was first Hopkins. pick. Yeah. And then it was like, uh-oh, huge news from the draft stage. It's not going to be Luke Jokel. It will be Eric Fisher. Right. Great. Jake Matthews. And like it was, but that's what's <laughs> like, crazy. Like think hold about, on to your butts. Think about doing a redraft <laughs> and putting a wide receiver at number one. Like that's how yeah. bad that draft was. Wow. This, this. Thinking about Bill Parcells coming out of retirement to draft Jake Long over Matt Ryan. Oh. <laughs> People forget about that. Yeah, there's that. that. Such. Um, <laughs> but this is a really deep, fun draft class. An insane free agency year with all the quarterbacks and everything. So, 
Eh, it's good. It's a good time for uh, to be an NFL. Too fan. many quarterbacks. There's just simply too many of them. See, that's I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I, I, like, I don't know. Is there is there going to be a a Philip Rivers or a, or a Derek Carr or a Jameis, like, Marcus Some, Mariota, Jameis that's just left holding it? Like, especially if someone Mariota like get so, a job. Right? if someone like the Bucks actually like went in on Teddy Bridgewater, which there's a little bit of talk that could be possible. Then it does feel like there's just not enough spots. Right. That someone like Jameis or Derek Carr or someone that you just wouldn't think could get left out in the cold will. Well, now that Philip Rivers is no longer connected to the Chargers, he's not going to be on the charter plane. You're not going to be <laughs> calling his games, uh, maybe one or so, but we'll see. Um, is he shot? Can he play anymore? No, I, I think he can still play. Absolutely. I think you put him behind a good offensive line, and he is still as masterful at diagnosing defense and recognizing a weak spot. So you think he would do anyone. well, say, the Colts? I, that's, to me, that's just the perfect marriage. You put him on that team with that O-line, with, with a solid running game, a scheme that he's familiar with, a coach that he's familiar with, and I would expect him to thrive. Mm. Um, I would certainly say it's an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. That's for certain. I have a question just for my own edification here. Mm. There is a trend in the NFL over the last, say, half decade (laughs) where edge rushers have really exploded and proliferated around the league, and offensive linemen are almost extinct coming out of college. And this year we're seeing sort of a reverse of that trend where the offensive tackle class seems talented, freakishly athletic and deep and the edge rusher class seems really thin compared to previous Mm. years do you see this if you can look at college football and say is there a chance this becomes a thing where it happens more than one year or is this the outlier it's uh gosh i'm gonna do this too it's a great question because it's a question that i ask repeatedly to college coaches i ask why is defensive line so far ahead of offensive line? What is going on? The guys come in at the same age. They come in knowing what their position is going to be. So why do we get so much more, you know, so much more pressure on quarterbacks in the NFL than we do protection? And there's really never been a good answer. Um, the one thing I'll tell you about offensive line in college is it's the only, uh, it's the only coach, position coach, that the head coach can't f with. If you have a good offensive line coach, they are on an island. Don't you dare say a bad word to them because we can't afford to lose them. So that kind of gives you an idea of how hard it is to find a really good offensive line coach in college and the kind of impact it can have. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it just takes longer. Um, you know, one of my theories, and this came up when, um, when uh, Jason Smith was drafted out of, out of Baylor. And I said this in the moment. I said, what? How does it make any sense to draft an O-lineman out of Baylor when the quarterback doesn't have the ball but for maybe three-quarters of a Wait, second to a safe. second? And he, he was, was a right. safe pick. One of the worst NFL picks of the ever. last decade. And, and I said that, and I think that's kind of what happened a little bit in college is you got so many of these spread offenses where linemen, they're not run blocking. They don't have to pass block for more than but. You know, it's like Dan Marino's back there. You know, you, you, the snap's there and then the ball is out. So you don't really know. You don't really have to... I said, I'd be drafting my guys from Navy and from Georgia Tech and guys that ran the option. Give me some nasty offensive linemen that actually have to engage and be physically overpowering. But I think we're starting to get some of that back, right, as there was that huge zig. And now, you know, like Stanford came with their power running game and Notre Dame got going with a bit of a power running game. And, oh, what do you know? Mike McGlinchey and, you know, and all these, Mm. Quentin Nelson, all these old linemen are coming out of Notre Dame. And the 49ers and the Ravens. And they're pretty darn good, you know. So I think that's... 
I think we're starting to see a bit of a zag back in college where there are more pro sets and there are there is more attention paid to a running game. Um, and I think that's why you saw so many offensive linemen drafted out of Iowa, Wisconsin, because they've never, you know, they've never strayed from that. They've always kind of done. Right. That's what Iowa and Wisconsin football do. I've been doing some homework on the edge rushing class, digging into some tape of <laughs> okay, my own. Yeah, yeah. What, this what do you young like? man out of Penn State, Yitor Gross Matos. Why would someone name a child <laughs> that? Yeah. First um, round prospect. They, well, I, I was told his name. name I, mean, I was told his name r- rhymes with detour. So I guess Yitor. <laughs> and then someone was like, No, it doesn't. I was like, Whatever. <laughs> Gross Matos. Uh, yeah, I, I can't answer that. I don't know why he would be named, uh, but I would assume based on the three names together. Maybe international player sort. You know, I want to see you sense. ask that question. Yeah, what's too, wrong with that being an international player? Not saying anything's wrong. Just asking yeah, why t- that would be the, you the form, like the group of words you'd come up with. This yes, it's uh, you know I but, think I wonder if uh, moving forward if he's going to be known as YGM. You know, as, 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 as a play-by-play <laughs> yeah, play guy, quickly. I may I may call him YGM <laughs> moving forward. The lefty. Before we get to some news, what is Tua's last name? So this is pretty easy. Uh, it's it's the. People don't know there's ends where there are no yeah. ends. So it's Tong uh, Vailoa. It's not it's hard. It's pretty simple. Tong Vailoa. Like I haven't heard you say it, Greg, on our show. I have, Greg, you've, has, you've actually been it. asking me multiple you did this. We've done this same bit. Greg's you the made one who me said say it. It, it starts with tongue. Tongue so I'll, I'll give you, right. Here we go. Here's, here's, I'm going to give you guys a little peek uh, into the future. So the name you're going to have to learn how to pronounce because he's the best high school football player I've ever seen in my life. And he played Whoa. here in Southern California. He was the quarterback for St. John Bosco. Scoobage. That just won the national championship. Uh, well, it's a Bosco fictional. Bosco wins national every time. Game. Modern day wins every time. Don't you dare disparage the modern. <laughs> All right, modern day um, was like the nineties. No, so, no, no, they've been really good the last couple of years. Right. So modern day and Bosco have traded titles, but it's inexplicable that both of these quarterbacks are leaving the state of California. It's the state of affairs of UCLA and USC football. Mm. Um, so DJ Ui Angolale. Oh. Is the name DJ Ui Ungalale? It's got to be DJ Ui. I mean, the, uh, just... A lot of people call him Ui, yeah. but it's Ui Ungalale. He will replace Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. He'll be wow. a, a freshman this year, Gungalale. and he will replace Lawrence the following year. And he is ridiculous. DJ Ui Gungalale. That money's sweet. He's Mister Southern California. He's bringing us high school there you names. Go. I'm just hey, all the folks that are listening that like yeah. college football, they'll know the name certainly uh, when Trevor Lawrence is taken. I like listening overall. to you and Petros. Before I ever met you, I would drive around LA listening to that show, and you guys would dig into high school football Love to a degree where I had no idea what you were talking about, but it was entertaining. It was thank you, full of love high school football because it's you know it's the cradle of it here in Southern California. Bryce Young, by the way, was the modern day quarterback this year. Is he going to USC or UCLA? No, he'll be going to Alabama. It's funny you say you love high school football, but when I was on those cold, wet benches in Rockland and Westchester County over in New York <laughs> in the early aughts, I never saw money. No, you didn't. No, this, as a matter of fact, you didn't because I was here in Southern California. When the Nanuet is... Black Knights, Golden Knights were up against the Pearl River Pirates. See? Zeuser was there. That's right, Zeuser. Talking to Bruce Miller. Is that what they called you, the Zeuser? Keywords on the bench. They called sure. Rock, Rockland County, the cradle of football. Short yardage back. Get the Zeuser. <laughs> Not it's third and one. <laughs> <laughs> Pull back. All right, let's do some news. When push comes to shove over the next 10 days, 15 days, whether the Patriots will be able to exert upon him and convince him that, look, this is the best place for you. It always has been. It always will be. We want you here. You know, we had Tom Curran of uh, NBC Boston on our show just Monday. We, I thought we had a nice interview with him. He, he shared some good nugs. He gave us some clarity on the Tom Brady situation. But I didn't see a Roto World blurb come out of our show, which is disappointing. 
Let's just be well, honest. The aggregators didn't pick up on your interview. Is we didn't get any. Well, don't you? Wouldn't you say that bit. that's on us? That we? Yes. I, I, all I all I uh, thought when I saw this news that he made yesterday uh, was, gosh, I wish we asked about the exactly NBC Sports. <laughs> NBC Sports Boston's Tom Curran told our old friend Chris Mad Dog Russo on his radio show uh, that the chatter chatter connecting Tom Brady to the 49ers is quote real. Now, again, I heard that in Indy, by the way. Before Dion went on the air and said it, I had heard that, uh, which, uh, and I dismissed it. I said, that's ridiculous. And then I, I would assume Dion heard it as well. And because he's a master at disseminating information, played it as, you know, I got an idea. Just, this, <laughs> this is crazy, but, you know, hear me out here, you know. But that, that was as early as, like, Friday, Thursday, Friday. That was kicking around. A I mean, if bit. you're Jimmy Garoppolo, the details I, of it are pretty fascinating. That Tom, that Curran said it was from both sides. That it, of course Tom Brady wants to play for the 49ers. Right. He's looking around the league at possible teams to play for. That I can't come up with a better pick. Not just because he it's his childhood favorite team. Right. Too. I mean, that that's the starting point. But the, the next would be how how good they are and how great much they line, can protect them. Game, Everything's great. Coach. But the fact that the 49ers have some mutual interest, uh, according well, to this report, is why. And put yourself in Garoppolo's shoes. You have a really you get traded um, from Tom Brady's team across the country. You have this great ending to the season with the Niners. Then you, you blow out much your better knee. Better than Tom Brady in 2019. You blow out your knee. Very frustrating. You come back. You improve as a player. Maybe you're not all the way there where you're a superstar. Maybe you'll never be that guy. But you have a better season than Tom Brady. Your team goes to the Super Bowl and has a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And now you're hearing that the guy that you had to go 3,000 miles across the country to get out from under might come back to you. That's a tough situation. It stinks, but I would say that you look back that when the Jimmy G trade happened, there were whispers that the 49ers had inquired about Tom Brady. Not even whispers. I mean, that that was out there. And secondly, secondly, if you're Tom Brady and you're going to leave Josh McDaniels in this embedded Patriots environment for Team X, and you have no idea what really is happening, the one team I could trust if I'm Tom Brady, is going and teaming with Kyle Shanahan and seeing how that two-year process would play out. It's the first one where I've thought this is the first Brady rumor where it makes sense on his side. I don't know how it makes sense for the 49ers, but it does make sense for Tom well, Brady. Well, there, there is a thought that Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan, you know, aren't a perfect match where he's not, you know, doing what Kyle wants, reading, the, you know, there, there's answers on every play and that maybe Jimmy G doesn't always have the answers. Just watch the fourth and quarter, that, the Super Bowl. And look, if you're trying to like compare the ability to win before the snap or the mental ability of a quarterback, comparing someone to Tom Brady, you're not going to end up looking great. But I think that's someone where Kyle Shanahan would look. That's the advantage that Tom Brady uh, would give to them, that he would he we... would know all the answers. And, and as crazy as it is, I mean – I'm not putting this as, like, it's the answer, but PFF, for instance, had Tom Brady as a much higher-rated quarterback last year, and I don't think that's that crazy. I think Tom Brady let's played put, at a similar or better level than Jimmy Let's put Brady's G. entire 2019 season under the same microscope that Jimmy G's fourth quarter was on, has been under, and you're going to see a guy who failed over and over again with the New England Patriots. It feels tremendously short-sighted if the Niners went this route. I mean, Brady's going to be, what, 43 in August. He's showing signs of slippage. Garoppolo is a guy that's still in his 20s. What is Kyle Shanahan? That doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, what what do you 49ers. do in 2023? See, I think it makes perfect sense. 
I think if you're... You, you have to think long-term, so, though. No, you don't. Because if you're Kyle Shanahan, you're up 28-3 to in the Super Bowl, you lose, and now what are the Falcons? They've never been back. They're not right. the same. Your window, that's the thing that's, you know, and, and I experienced it, you know, from two years ago with the Chargers at 12-4, and four, beating the Ravens, going to New England. It's tied at seven. You feel like, okay, this is great. Then Brady gets the best of you. You come back the following year, and people are picking you to win the Super Bowl, to win the division. You've already beat Patrick Mahomes once. Maybe you figured it out with Derwin James, and it falls apart. You can't, like, there is no long the window, term in the NFL. I get it. I agree with that. So fast. But the, so just go get it. Go win the one championship and worry about it. Couldn't it be the, a one-year scenario, year. too? That's well, it. It's just a one-year scenario. It also would just indicate that they don't, that Jimmy Garoppolo is someone that they're ambivalent about long term. Because I think there is a, there are a number of quarterbacks or there are situations where, of course, they would not want to jump off a guy in his 20s. But if they consider right. to move like this, this, it's one because specific they don't move. feel great about Jimmy G. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you who is excited about this news? Uh, me. I mean, uh, if there's a perfect situation oh, to get for Patriots back fans, th- this is it. I mean, this is this is the result. This is this is what I, as a selfish fan, would have wanted. I, I've said you know, on this podcast a lot. I don't want to see Tom Brady play poorly in any uniform, but I'd rather him play poorly in another uniform than the Patriots. And this, this well, just sort of like... I think story here. Neatly solved. I'm just saying, best. but I would think... <laughs> we talk about Patriots fans all the time. It's all you ever bring up. I, I wish I could jump off of it, but this would bring me back in. I mean, get well, Jimmy G back. I think it comes down to this. Does Kyle Shanahan think that Jimmy Garoppolo holds them back right now? And if he does, then it just, makes sense to look into it, I guess, look, if you're it, interested It in is that. coach speak, but they absolutely believe it. Is, is guy A better than guy B? Do I think my team has a better chance to win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo next year? Because if I believe it's Tom Brady, guess who's coming to play quarterback this for me? It's too, Tom Brady. This is too good to happen. I mean, that's some pink pony this... stuff right there. If Jimmy G winds up back with the Patriots as their <laughs> starter, I'm, I mean, Greg, you can't just sell that down the river as an organic happening. That feels to me like a pre-packaged, pre-planned plot hatched years ago. Mm. But by the way, yeah, they don't have this. to trade Jimmy G to the right. To the no, Patriots. There would be no, I'm sure there's there a market no Jimmy for Jimmy G. There is no reporting there. On, on that whatsoever. I'm just connecting that. There are plenty of quarterback needy scenario. teams that would probably trade for him, that he has played well enough. Um, all right, moving on. But that is juicy, and yes, you know, it is just talking about it on a Monday show. There was a list of 13 or 14 established NFL quarterbacks that are in some state of limbo right now in the league. I didn't have Jimmy G on the list. We got to put Jimmy. He's got to be on the list now. now. Yeah, put him on. That's fourteen. If, that, if those dominoes fall that way, and you know what, the list I, I brought up on Monday show, I didn't put Josh Rosen on. We should put him on there. He's a first round pick, established quarterback. I, mean, I don't know about established. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Achilles Smith was a first round pick too, yeah. and we're not putting him. All right, on any list. I'll keep him off. It's fourteen. <laughs> Jim Drunken Miller. Speaking of moving on, I need to move on. Oh, you got to go do your I thing. I need to go move on to NFL Network now. I, I bet do. you could come back and we'll be wrapping up. You finished the news with money. Right. I'm coming back it's, for this. Who's your NFL Now husband it's today? It's all right. Who are you doing NFL Now with today? I'm not sure. Either Andrew Siciliano or Patrick Claybon. I thought, I thought we had an exclusive NFL Now relationship. I didn't know it was an open connection. <laughs> NFL open relationship. I don't like that. Oh, You're the only one uh, we have that little sizzle reel that's of, right. of, our, of our laugh riot. I like that they use every, that sizzle reel every single time. I know. Time. I try to weird. tell them to go away, and it's all old stuff. You know, it's hey, like at least, I just do what the producers tell up me. A little I, bit. Exactly. I, I've said that same thing. Are you 1050? You have a hit? Yes. You better motor on over there. You better hurry. Motor your little butt over there. Look at those buns. <laughs> Get HR on the phone. If you had said buns, it would have been fine. But when you said little buns, now we got a problem. <laughs> we got a problem. All right. The Jaguars have agreed to trade cornerback 
A.J. Bouye to the Denver Broncos. How about this? Jacksonville will, will receive a 2024th round selection uh, in return. Uh, it's a cap space clearing move. P- Tom Pelissero reported. And Bouye uh, arrived as a big free agent signing in 2017, paired him with Jalen Ramsey, Mark, and it was like, ah, Jacksonville is set at cornerback for years. Well, guess what? They're basically hitting the reset button. We talk about how there's some big cornerbacks, a couple big cornerbacks on the board in April. Well, Jacksonville makes sense as a team that might have to go after a cornerback because they've cleared out the cupboard. Yeah, but where Denver is looking to, you know, progress after what will be the loss of Chris Harris, you look at the people that have departed. We mentioned this on our last episode. The people that have departed Jacksonville's defense over the last couple years and they were one of the worst defenses down the stretch last season, it's hard to look at that roster right now and say, bounce back campaign, not at all. And it's, I, you, when, so many, when you see Jalen Ramsey tweeting, too, that he was happy for Bouye to get out of there, that I, I do just Free think all my dogs, D-A-W-G-S. Right, something with Doug, the Doug Marone experience, and there could be other people attached to that, is rubbing people the wrong way in Jacksonville. When you're seeing players celebrating other players escaping that environment, that's notable. Well, it feels like Tom Coughlin tore the whole thing down, and he was scapegoated, I guess, but can we talk about the Leonard Fournette gift, the Will Smith standing in an empty room? When it's already been tweeted out by other athletes in the exact same scenario, it doesn't have to be, like, lauded as some hilarious gift. Like, it's already been done, but this is, like, Twitter in 2020, everything's, we've already had every debate, every argument, right. everything's already been funny three times. It's not funny the fourth time. The, uh, I think this speaks to what I was just talking about. Think about where the, the Jaguars were two years ago, right? You know, or was it three years ago? It whatever was, it was. Yeah, right. Uh, when so they played the Patriots in the AFC. You've got one quarter to go and you're in the Super Bowl and Blake Bortles is your future and you've got this nasty defensive line and this hammerhead of a running back and it's, and now, it's it's over. It's completely gone. Uh, Burned to the ground. Yeah. It's it, it it look. It's uh, hey to to pick up on your theme there. Uh, you know what Jacksonville said to the Falcons? Hold my beer. I mean that's that's you know it's like, whatever. I feel like hold my beer dropped off in 2018, and that was great uh, that it went away. Exactly. Yes, nice it was. Run, it, was it, it needed to be eradicated. Yes, we it was. Need a, by the way, Mark, it's been a while since you've eradicated terms from Twitter. Maybe a fresh list in the next uh, couple got a months? Couple, got a couple okay, on the good, docket. Good, good, good. You know what, though? Yeah, I'll say this. I will say this in defense of the, uh, the overused meme. I still love that dude sitting at the table sipping coffee with fire all around him. And the, this is I do like that guy. I really do. <laughs> I still fun. do. I still love it. That connects. It I, I really do. I the still set, like The successful meme is you have to one. watch it over and over and over. Yes. You find yourself doing that for three straight minutes. Still smiling. This uh, is fine. By the way, Bouye carried... Is it Bouye or Boye? Boye carried Bouye. a cap number of 15... Nice cover for me there. Yeah, you know. 15.4 million in 2020. Four times before I correct you. That's, that's a lot. Uh, so yeah. Jacksonville was not flush with cap space. Now gets a little bit of wiggle. And I would assume it means the Broncos aren't going to sign... You know, that whatever Chris Harris's people were telling him. They're he's like, got, yeah, we ain't paying you that. No, he's he's got plenty of interest on yeah. the market. You know what I'm bringing back, though? What's that? Speaking of overused things. Booya! Good luck, please. <laughs> All right. You, you know what? I'm going to let you have that one, Dan. Well, you, it's all I, yours. I don't doubt you anymore after you successfully brought back the Dean scream. <laughs> against all odds. Oh, you did? I did. I brought back. It was, it's huge right now. After New Hampshire, did you? <laughs> it was, you know, it was huge, what, in 04? Was it, when did that happen? When did the Dean scream? Oh, yeah. I brought yeah, it back 04, in about 16, 04. 2016, and yeah. people, it was a lot of buzz. And then I, I got off it, 
but it could make another comeback. It's like we were talking That's about like LeBron and, jo- and Jordan and these people have multiple peaks. Maybe I don't know Scream how we're gauging a lot of buzz or successful here, but I will go with you on this. Um, Mark, guess what? Everything's cool with Odell Beckham. Ian Rappaport reports that Cleveland has no plans to trade their wide receiver, their temperamental wide receiver. Mm. And guess what? How sure are they of this? When they unveil their new uniforms in a, in a month or so or whatever, he is planning to be part of the fashion show. I can see that. I would say that's like with anything, current plans. <laughs> that's like the thing know, he's most excited right, about this right. year he's by far. More excited anything. about something in Cleveland. <laughs> well, the new uniforms, um, those old ones needed to go, and so that's a nice off-season move. That's how you win the, really win the off-season. Forget last year. That was a fraud. But um, Odell Beckham, to me, I mean, unless someone came to Cleveland, because they sound... Very willing to. Guys like Olivier Vernon probably won't be back. Uh, Joe Schobert, who I would have re-signed at the right price. There's no Shelby. interest there. So with Odell Beckham, it's, it's hard to believe that if someone had a fascination for him and came with a, you know, a king's ransom, the Browns would certainly listen and could be swayed. I mean, I, I don't know how much longer you have Beckham on the map there. Who in the Cleveland. hell would offer a king's ransom? I think it's a Odell terrible Beckham offseason for a lot of these guys. Is, yeah. And it's not, with, you're saying with the draft talent the at that position, why do that? His so. stock is pretty low, I think, right now. In fact, I think he's a candidate, if things get back on track there, where he could have a huge bounce back year. But this kind of, if we, this might be a good seg down the road, kind of make or break years or guys, a very important years for guys. This is a big year for Beckham. It is. Who played I, with a torn muscle through the entire year last year. But that's year, part and of the Beckham thing, too. He's offense, hurt but. almost every year, Beckham. That's part of the thing that does not get brought up as much. People get down on him, and I have, and a lot of people have, about some of his behavior and his attitude and his ability to be a teammate. <laughs> but he's always hurt. What good's a Lamborghini when it's always in the shop, huh? Hey! <laughs> oh. Bring all my tools. But Beckham's pumped about that fashion show. Yes. I would agree well, with I'm that. Well, I'm not sure That's if the all I'm is that coming story. from him. Yes, probably... he is excited about that fashion show. <laughs> Finally, also from Rap Sheet, the Cincinnati Bengals, did I pronounce that correctly? I believe that's correct, yes. Are expected to be active in 2020 free agency. Can I say something real yes. quick? Um, Cincinnati has always been a, a word that whenever I type it, I'm always surprised at how it's spelled. Tough one. Would you agree people, with that? I've struggled people with it for years. It. I grew up there, so it's right, been... That's why I looked at you when I said it. It's ingrained in me, so I think it's peculiar when other people... But other people struggle with the extra N versus the extra T. Absolutely. Ah, I, yeah. for years, put that extra N after the sin. Oh, see, a lot no, of no, people... No, since sin. It's C-I-N, C-I-N-N. I, right. Instead of that second right. N, a lot of people put a second T at the end. That's uh, what, exactly. Yeah. That's what's so it. wild about it. Yeah. it uh, I always pat myself on the back, too. I'm like... Yep. It's not it, spaghetti. Did it right again. You did it right. You know it's not the, spaghetti. The right. NFL ver- player version of that is Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo is oh, one you I still to look that up. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I always remember O's. TD's yep. advice. TD. First, it's a Garopp. And then it's a Polo. <laughs> and then it's a Polo. <laughs> and then it's a Polo. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> anyway, Bengals expected to be active in free agency, which, yeah, no doy. Okay, they got a lot of hoes to <laughs> go. No doy on them. Bring it that back. No doy. But also... This makes all the sense in the world, Chris Wessling, as a, a former or, or Cincinnati native, that if there is any doubt, and there's still percolations, by the way, despite what Mr. Burrow said, and money, maybe you could back this up about things you might have heard, that he's not totally sold on this, I'm, gonna, I'm the Ohio boy that's going to stay home and play for the local team. If you go out and drop a ton of um, money and resources and bring in players, that will send a message, you would think, to the kid that we are serious about building a winner. So not only would it 
functionally make your team potentially better. It also, in the long run or in the short term, sends a message to this kid that maybe you need to send a message to. What I feel like I do this every year for somebody who usually roots against the Bengals, but if you strain hard enough, you can see this team making some major improvements. You're talking about a team that got nothing out of its first-round draft pick last year, Jonah Williams, who was supposed to be the left tackle, got nothing out of second-round pick, Drew Sample, a tight end. So if those guys come back, they got nothing out of their number one receiver and best player, A.J. Green. They got very little out of John Ross, another first-round pick. If you get all these guys back, and that's a big if, and they play well, and then you throw your free agent money at defense, which they desperately need linebackers and have for a few years. They desperately need help in the secondary. You could strain hard enough, I think, and see a team, especially with all the um, one-score losses they had last year, that's going to even it. This is not your typical worst team in the NFL, number one pick team. Mm. They had a lot of bad luck last year on injuries and close games. I think you could see sort of like a 7-9 and nine team. Wow. I don't think that's too much to ask. But for them to spend money in free agency, you know, no doy they should because they have the cash. But that is a sharp left turn for the Bengals who no, have allowed free they, agency they to go year after year without doing a thing. Their biggest dip in the free agency historically has been to bring a guy in on his tour so the agents can use the Bengals to drive up prices on other teams. <laughs> I mean, look at it this right. way. How helpful. They have a potentially, like, world, their world-shifting player in Joe Burrow potentially. If there was ever time to spend some money, do it now and start building around your I future. Think they've Have you seen heard it. Any, did you hear anything in Indy? I did. Yeah. Same I mean, type I, of whispers? I, I did hear that. Um, I think, you know, if, if the old truth serum, he, he doesn't want to play for Cincinnati. But I think he's also, you know, comfortable with the idea that, hey, I'm going to probably be the number one overall pick and, and I'm going to make the best of it. Um, it's, it's hard to have, you know, it's not the NBA. It's hard to have leverage. Um, it just is in, in the NFL. And, uh, he's not going to sit out a year. The Bengals know that. So, you know, the way for Joe Burrow to not end up in Cincinnati is to reach out to the team he wants to go to and say, hey, offer them whatever you have to offer them and come get me. And I just don't think there's enough, you know, unless it's the Dolphins that say to the Bengals, hey, we'll give you all three. We'll give you all three of these first rounders and we'll take number one. And I think that's something you'd have to think long and hard about if you were considering, like we talked about, how deep this draft is. If you're the Bengals, that is something I would, you know, really consider. Can we get a free agent quarterback to come here? You know, out of this group, we're talking about musical chairs, right? We're not thinking about the Bengals as one of those chairs. We're talking about a Brown family that owns this team. Right. Where in the past, Mike Brown's comments and his actions this goes way back 20 years ago, but the Achilles Smith draft, when he was offered what the uh, Saints got for Ricky Williams and turned right. it down. He was offered the Redskins' entire draft plus next year's first, first rounder and, and said, no, I've seen my quarterback of the future. It's rare that you get a chance to draft that guy. Right. I'm taking him. And I think with Joe Burrow, he's a guy with perspective. Not every kid coming out of college has great perspective, but he was forced to transfer was not thought of as a top 10 pick entering the season, and now he's in a enviable position of being the first guy in the draft. So you kind of like just say, hey, I'm in a better position than I thought I was ever going to be in. I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Well, and if you're Mike Brown, too, you have to recognize, you know, Joe Burrows, it, not only is he a talent, but he's he's got swagger. He's a star. And that city is going to love That's him because I mean. of where like he's he from and what star. he represents. Right. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's make Cincinnati fun. Um, well, Money Although, real off. quick, Cincinnati. Yeah. Did you see Burrow was asked? I guess, About the chili? The skyline or the gold star. And he what admitted he had never had gold star. Mm. He had only had skyline. 
Laravel Magnifico? <laughs> and then he answered, neither. He was well, disgusted by the skyline, Wes, so much so that he would never even try Wes, the Wes, your star. thoughts. Well, I used to be a gold star man. It's kind of running against the grain because almost everybody in Cincinnati is skyline. skyline. But I'm a, I used to be a skyline then too. But now, I, you know, don't want to tell tales out of school. I make my own Cincinnati chili. <laughs> is that right? And I smoke all the meat first before I crumble it. <laughs> is that right? And it gives it that extra zing from the smoke. So I'm glad I I would eat Wes's up. chili over any, like, store-made. But it's store not chili. It's anytime. like meat sauce. It's, it is They chili. call it chili, but oh, it's not quite noodles, a chili. On noodles, right? It's on spaghetti, It's not right? Texas-style chili. It's Greek immigrant, Mediterranean immigrant-style chili. So what, like, walk us through the, con- real quick, just, I, I, I'm so sorry. I've done it again. I've the been, difference oh, between good. what sets Cincinnati different is you've got Cinnamon in there. Okay. You've got a little bit of chocolate. Okay. You've got allspice and cloves. So it's the allspice. The That's allspice, what throws it off. The allspice definitely gives it that Greek sort so of. So no other city is allowed to make the dish this way, or they, or what, or they're just no other city to step has on... chosen to make the dish well, this way. They're like, you know what, Cincinnati, <laughs> you go ahead and keep it. The history of food is it comes from peasants, and these particular peasants landed in Cincinnati, right. and they did not land in Texas. Other peasants landed in Texas. You got peasants with go. chocolate and cinnamon. They don't sound like the head things. Don't sound too bad for these peasants. It's like you got all sorts. <laughs> can we of do a can we do a uh, West Chili cook-off kind of thing here, so Absolutely. I can actually try you're, what you're, Cincinnati chili's supposed to taste like? I will like. bring some. I'm making a fresh batch soon. I will bring really? some in. Yeah, you smoke it on the egg. I smoke it on the egg, and then I like to put it in the freezer for a long time. Is that right? For like a month, let all those ingredients marry together. Okay. And then because of the smoke infusion, right. it's really going to bring it out after a month and or so. And you put it over noodles. This and sounds like a podcast to me. These oh, days. Do. How about this? Huh? This could be a winner. I do feel like I'm Wes excited. was the first person that I knew really to promote the green egg. And now like every dude has a green egg. Like it's, it's all over the it place. It's like we get it. Fantastic. You know. They are fantastic. They are fantastic. You were on the corner before many on the green egg. That's, you know, coming from the South. That I mean, right. you, you shipped it across the damn country when you moved here. The NFL shipped it for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're very egg. light, though. They only weigh about 15, 20 pounds. It's Two, a much depends easier which ship. egg, though, right? 200 pounds, yeah, exactly. and there's yeah. no good angle to grab no, it. there is not. <laughs> Greg's uh, back with us. You, you guys are still honking? <laughs> we're about <laughs> to finish. Here. Like, you haven't even gotten to uh, the segment? No, we're, no, we're, we're, your we're about to shut How it down. How was the Greg? It was good. Yeah? Who was the man? It was Andrew Siciliano. Very, it was very professional. Uh, you know, I got there oh, a, is, a little late. See what he did to me there? A little, um, little, yeah. little dig. No, little no, I'm just saying. Minor What am I going to do? Take shots at, yes. the, at the host? <laughs> He's been hosting the show you know, longer than you have. Wow. Ooh, See what's that? Greg Vicious. comes down. On. Sometimes there's a there's a quarterback that's delivered six championships. Is 42 years old, and you want to trade him out for a guy that threw one of the worst passes in Super Bowl history because he's the shiny new thing. Speak you know? to that, Greg. I don't wait. So which one are you in this case? You're you're the good looking one. I'm the good looking one that can't play. Okay, <laughs> that's who I am. Um, money, you've said it all. So great yeah, to have you here. Said way too much. Um, and before you go, I will give you the top five live songs updated. For 2020. Number five. Oh, God. You're doing this off the greatest hit, live greatest hits album yep. here. Yeah. Number five, Lakini's Juice. Oh, man. <laughs> Number four, Lightning Crashes. Number three, ooh, this one's an upset. White, comma, discussion. Remember that one. Sadly, sadly I do. <laughs> Number two. Don't you dare say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I Alone? God! It's the worst song ever. <laughs> it is in the same category as Incubus's Nice to Know You and Offsprings, Keep Them Separated, just songs that I played 
5,000 times. Mm. And I never understood how they were popular. How is 311's All Mixed Up a number one song? It's so god-awful. And I love that, one of that's, those. You know, live, live, these are genuine hits. I'm with Dan mm. on this. Uh, and number one, oh, number one, <laughs> by live, their biggest. That was the Crash Test Dummies. Number one is selling the drama. I don't think that's updated. I think that's the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is it updated for 2020? There's been no movement with this. Where are the dolphins cry? updated in that? Yeah. The like, dolphins don't cry? I think I told you the story, Money, uh, when we were doing power rankings together last year, but I'll tell it quickly again since you brought up 311. Um, when I was living in Hollywood at, around 2008, our neighbor was a soap opera star. And he would come over the house and he'd kick my ass in ping pong. And it was really degrading because he was so much better looking than me. And then he was kicking my ass athletically as well. It was rough. But one night we had a party and he was over and we were drinking and 311 came up. And he's like, I was like, I hate those guys. They suck. And, and then this soap opera star goes, hey, man, take it easy. Those guys are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Nick Hexum, we're like this. <laughs> now Am- Amber from Three Eleven, like mm. is that? That's excusable, right? I just, I still don't like it. I, I, it is. It's, Amber is it's the color palatable. of your energy. Yeah, it's I, I like that song. Right. The rest of Three Eleven can take a hike. If you're curious, Three uh, Eleven was playing the pre-race uh, show at the NASCAR event I went to last year right? with my Strangely son. Strangely not curious, yes, but tell us anyway. Uh, yeah, they were 10:30 in the morning. Uh, they were there. And then did your son say, "Wow, Dad, this we is did not. Some, we did not make some, it. That's a sweet lick. <laughs> we did not make it over to like you know the Monster Energy drink stage, right? For them. Terrible. So it looks like money when, when that would be my throwback pod like demeanor. What, what do you think of this? Terrible. This <laughs> terrible. We're definitely terrible. doing 1997 secret samadhi. Oh god, kicks off with Lakini's juice. Yeah, great. I'll be there. Just go ahead and start rolling the tape, and just don't wait for me. You get started without me if you need to. All right, Matt Money Smith, you've you've done it. Thank you. Uh, and uh, you can check out Money, of course. On NFL Network. You don't need to plug on anything. NFL Now. I've on the radio here in LA. On the Dave Damashek football program, and of course during football season, he's mm. the voice of the Chargers, and he's the vo- he's our Bob Shepard, the voice of God on the Around the NFL podcast. Mm. And we are very thankful all these years. A lot of vehicles to have you. I like having Still a tiny little part of the show. Very successful is, is the show. money draft. Exactly All right. right. Thank you, boys. Let's Appreciate get out of here. It. Thanks for listening to the Around the NFL podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, official sponsor of the NFL. This is Dan Hansa signing off for the Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Matt Money Smith, and Ricky Holly behind the boards. Don't worry, we'll be back in the studio on Friday with Connie Fox. Till then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.